0: Good afternoon and welcome. And we are glad you're here today. We're able to put a few more people in uh, today. So thank you for coming. And those of you who are online, we welcome you. And again, you can ask your questions by going to that uh, URL that Cameron described. And it'll be on the screen all throughout uh, the day if you'd like to do that, We're going to give this a try and just see how it works. Because a lot of people come up and ask a question afterwards. And I go, wow, that'd been nice to have said that to everybody. That's a great question. So we're going to try it. Give it a, uh, a go and see how it, it does. But let me ask today who's here for the first time? Raise your hand. Let's welcome them. Good to have you all and welcome as well. And uh, we love Boca Lead and all that we are doing. We thank you. All the nonprofits are here, the for profits, the chamber, our city and county officials that come from time to time. We want to make Bo- Boca Raton in South Florida a better place to work, play, raise a family, and to worship. So we're going to look at some things today, but we're going to have you uh, answer a question. So this is a raise-your-hand type, so this is not very technical. I'm going to ask two options. I'm going to give you two options. You go option A or option B, okay? It's real simple. Option A is this. In your home, so however you live, apartment, house, condo, whatever you live, in your home, pretend it's 2002, it's 2002. So in 2002, you have a computer with Windows 98 in it. Now, I have some people here that don't even, weren't alive in 2002, so they don't know what Windows 98, but you remember Windows 98? So you have Windows 98, and then you have everything else in it, your ovens, your bathrooms, etc. in it. That's option A, you're going to raise your hand if you want to stay there in 2002, option B, Option B is this, that it's today and you can have anything in your home that was created in the last 20 years plus everything else. You can have the most expensive tablets, phones, computers, TVs, flat screens, all the technology you want that's been created over the last 20 years. But you have to take out your toilet and running water so option a okay just so we're clear option a is your home in 2002 as it is option b is your home today with everything no dollar amount attached to it in it anything you want in it except running water and toilets you got that option a option b who votes for option a raise your hand call. Raise it up. Raise it up. Okay. Who votes for option B? (laughs) You didn't hear that, but they're saying they're not coming over. So it's about 90 to 10. 90% want option A. And here's the interesting thing. A toilet and running water is a 19th century invention. And you hold dearer in your life to a 19th century invention to all the technology and inventions of the last 20 years that we are all so proud of in this world. Isn't that interesting? 200 years ago invention to those great technologies of today, and you'll stay with the 200-year-old. Well, today I want to talk about an old concept. When you read leadership books, and I'm going to give you a couple of uh, books because I know one of the questions is going to be, what do you read? And so I brought a couple books and you're going to go, what are all the modern, how can we do this better? How can we run our business better? And all these things. And that's what I usually live in. I talk about that every month. But today I'm going to go back to a hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of year old concept that if it is missing in your business, it's as if you have no running water or toilets in your house can we do that? And that is this. I want to talk about a culture of appreciation. Appreciation, gratitude, thankfulness, whatever word you want to attach to that. And you go, "Uh, Bill, this is like old as the sky. Yes, it is. And if you're Jewish, in your Jewish scriptures, there's all gratitude. If you're a Christian, in your Christian scriptures, there's all gratitude all over it. There's gratitude everywhere. But sometimes We let go of the things of the past because we want the things of the present, but there are things in the past that we cannot let go that are important in the present. So we're going to look at these today. So I want to give you four misconceptions first about showing appreciation. Now, we're talking in the workplace now. Some of this would apply to your home, your family, your husband, wife, kids, et cetera, and it does apply to that, but we're talking work. So this is in the workplace. So number one, This is misconceptions. Money is the number one motivator for all employees or people. You might be the boss. Money is the most important motivator. Study after study after study after study shows that money is important, but it is not the most important motivator. And you're going to have a reaction to this, and your reaction to this is going to be, why am I thanking people for doing a job that they are being paid to do? Why am I thanking people? Now I know why I thank my mom. I know why I thank uh, my sister. I know I thank so and so when they gave me a gift at Christmas, or I know I thank some of the people at some of the nonprofits, and why? Because we gave them money, and they thank us back. I get all that, but why am I thanking people at work who I'm paying? Isn't payment enough? And the answer is no because time after time I've talked to people who have left their job, high paying job, because they saw no gratitude and there was not that sense of gratitude felt in the city. And you go, what is that about? It's about having a toilet. That's what it's about. Number two, another misconception that the primary goal of communicating appreciation is to make your people, and when I put employees, it could be your colleagues, your team, if you're the boss, your employees. It could be you as the employee to the boss. It could be at any level. So the primary goal is to make people feel good. That is not the goal of showing appreciation. Hopefully people do feel good when you do show appreciation, but showing appreciation is not about making people feel good because i don't know that we necessarily have the ability to make everybody feel good i mean that is just something that is beyond at the workplace sometimes you do sometimes you don't our reaction is this how am i supposed to do this when i don't feel any appreciation myself how am i supposed to show appreciation? and i don't feel appreciated we're going to talk a little about that a little later if we can but that is something you know so you go i got to say thanks to people when I'm not getting thanks back or I'm not getting thanks to begin with and i got to do it. We'll come back to that. But it's a misconception about feeling good. Number three, the primary purpose of communicating appreciation is to increase productivity. If I thank them, they'll do more. If I thank them, they'll stay later. If I thank them, they'll work on Saturday. If I thank them, they'll give me a better work product. And that all may be true because gratitude does raise people's efforts. That's a known fact, but that is not the primary reason why we do it. A reaction might be, how can I show appreciation when our business is down? 2020, our business is down. Here in nonprofit world, I'm in the nonprofit world, our our went down 20% in March, in April. We went down 20% right away. I mean, it is what it is. How can I show appreciation when we're just trying to keep our heads above water? And for you, it might be your income's down, your competitors are beating you up. Why am I thanking my people when the people across the street are doing better than we are? Uh, It might be that the industry's struggling. It might be you're in an industry that is just not doing well right now because of COVID. And you go, how can I show thanks when we're just trying to make it work? Well, we're going to come to that in just a minute. And then the fourth one. The belief that certain career groups, this is a misconception, that certain career groups, occupations, personality types are more receptive to appreciation than others. Now, that's a positive way of saying my people don't need to be thanked. They're engineers, they're accountants, they're bookkeepers, they're bankers, they're this, they're that, and they don't even need to be thanked. And that's not right. I just want to tell you, by the end of the day, I hope you realize everybody needs appreciation. Even those who pretend like they don't need appreciation and they don't need gratitude, they do. Because they're thinking when you give gratitude, you want to have their their productivity increase and things like that. Now, let me ask you this before we move on. At your tables, just talk among yourselves, wherever you're at, How do you show appreciation? What are a couple of ways of showing appreciation in the workplace? Appropriate ways of showing appreciation. How have you received appreciation? You go, boy, I really like that. How have you given it? And just take a moment or two at your tables. If you're home or uh, at the workplace and you have somebody else, talk to them. If you're by yourselves, write a few things down. If you're online, just take two or three minutes. How do I receive appreciation and how do I give appreciation at work? Go ahead. So I was listening a little. If it was a smaller group, I'd actually have you respond. But since we're online, they wouldn't be able to hear you. So I'll give the six categories that most of you probably talked about. It's not the only ones. There's probably hundreds of ways of showing it. Um, And this is not in any order. So when I first say first or second, it's not in priority. But first is personally. It's the personal Thanks. It's the personal affirmation, one-on-one or two-on-one or one-on-two, just very small, uh, very quiet. You're just thanking them for a job well done or something they did or whatever they did, they went over and above. The second one is the note. Written affirmation is incredible, and i got to tell you, however it needs to be done, the note can be by text, it can be by a handwritten note, it can be by email, it can be by All the other ways you do, I am, anything you want to do it, and whatever's appropriate to the person who's receiving it, I always kind of like to respond to people the way they respond to me when it comes to uh, technology. That's a personal thing. When people email me, I email them back. When they text me, I text them back. When they call me, I call them back. I kind of, you know, I do that because that seems to be the way they prefer it. So I kind of like to work the way they like so that they're comfortable. You don't have to do that. You can do it in other ways. But I will say this a handwritten note, as analog as that is and as 19th century as that is, is a very meaningful thing. I have a file folder filled with handwritten notes that I keep that when I've had a lousy day and somebody has yelled their lungs out at me, I just kind of open it up and go, wow. And I know that you have bad handwriting and I know you can't, and some of you never learned cursive and all the rest. I get that. It doesn't matter. I'm a terrible handwriter. You know, some of you have the calligraphy and get it, but it doesn't matter. It shows the appreciation. That's number two. Number three, and this is a one that could go bad, it's public. Public, where you praise somebody in front of other people. Now, you have to be very Uh, careful with that. You have to know your own heart and know why you're doing it because it could become very manipulative when you're speaking of someone else in front of others. But when you're honoring someone in front of others, I think it's good if it's done with the right spirit. It can definitely be done with the wrong spirit, but done with the right spirit. Number three is time, spending time with people and you know, I never get to, you know, there's times, whether that's over coffee or just a quick, and time could be three minutes. Time could be five minutes. We're not talking, you know, someone to go, hey, how can I help you? Thanks for doing that. And great job. And, and all of a sudden you're interacting on that situation or, or helping them and mentoring them or doing something with time. The fourth one, or the fifth one rather, is serving And when you really help somebody go, you know, what a great job, da-da-da-da, and can I help you with that? I'd love to learn, you know, and you just kind of help them with something. And that, again, can be misused but very appropriate. The last one in kind of a category is gifts. Now, you got to really be careful with gifts. I'm just telling you it can be misdone, but uh, a $5 Starbucks card, a $20 gift certificate, a whatever is appropriate. And then you do it and it's good. Now, the thing you have to be careful if you are the boss is that sometimes gifts become thought of as entitlements later on. Oh, they gave me that gift at 4th of July last year. It's an entitlement this year. That kind of thing. And so you got to be careful that it's truly done. And i got to tell you a story. This is incredible. So when my uh, youngest son was nine years old, he had been in the hospital for a while, so uh, Miami Children's, which is now Jack Nicholas. So uh, Publix is a big uh, sponsor of Miami children's Jack Nicholas Hospital down in Miami. And so they asked Elizabeth and me to come and speak to all 500 of their store managers so they could get a real person because they raised money at their various stores for the hospital, right? So we came to one of their regional meetings, about six or 700 people there, and we gave a thank you and we did all that and we had our son there and it was great. So at the end, they gave us a gift, right? The gift was, since they're also a sponsor of Miami Dolphins, was all the paraphernalia, you know, they gave us the cooler and the seat backs and the Frisbee and the towels, all say Miami Dolphins. And then at the end, the host, who was the PR director of all of public state of Florida, gets up there, brings my son up, who's whatever, nine years old, and goes, and the big gift we're going to give you is three season tickets to the Miami Dolphins. Three season tickets. So I thought, boy, that's pretty cool, you know, Elizabeth, me, James. So she made a mortal mistake of taking the microphone she was holding it and putting it in front of my son. And my son said, there are seven of us. <laughs> now, I'm like, Elizabeth and I, we have nowhere to crawl. And you know what the 500 store manager said? Give them the Seven. So now this lady is panicked up there. What do I do? Well, within 30 seconds, we had seven season tickets. It was like he took a gift and became entitled. And <laughs> but, you know, it was, like, it, it was so cool because what we did was we gave, this is unrelated to thanks, but it actually isn't because we wanted to thank all the families that had helped us those early years so every game except the New York Jets which I wouldn't allow my son to go to at nine years old if you're a Jets fan we're not going to your game don't take children but I took so we had my son go with families who had helped him so we only went to one or two Elizabeth and me we let them take him and he would take them to thank them for helping our family as he was a young child it was an incredible time it worked out well but because we had seven tickets we could take a whole family at a time and it worked out so when you give gifts just be careful because it could backfire now publix could afford seven gifts seven season tickets and it was pretty cool okay now what does it mean to show appreciation. We talk of what it isn't, kind of how to do it. I didn't even tell you what it is yet. The primary purpose for communicating appreciation is this. So this is it, this is the thesis of the whole thing. You forget everything else, this is it. Authentic appreciation, so I put the word authentic because we can manipulate with our thanks, we can manipulate with our appreciation, we can manipulate with our gifts. So authentic appreciation communicates respect and value for the person. That is the key thing. You are respecting the person and valuing the person. You can thank a C player as much as an A player. Because you're valuing them, you're valuing uh, their life, their, and I'll tell you how you value them in just a minute, I'll give you that in just a minute, but you're valuing them, there's a respect and a value, and we begin to respect and value people, the whole attitude of a room, the whole attitude of a team, the whole attitude of an office will rise, I believe that. This is the opposite of a toxic office. When you talk about toxicity in an office, and probably some of you will have questions about toxicity, the opposite of toxicity is respecting, valuing people and doing something about it. And that is showing appreciation because you do respect them and you do value them. And you can value an intern and in what he or she does at 21 as much as you value the person that brings in the most whatever you do because you're respecting them and valuing them. So that's the key thing. Now. How do we do this? And I just want to give you the three C's to really keep it simple. The three C's of affirming someone at work. If you take these three C's, it kind of covers everything. Maybe not every, every, everything, because nothing can do that, but it'll cover most things. The first thing, and they're not in order, so I just put them in an order, is their competence. You are affirming a good Job, you're affirming something they've done, you've affirmed their value, you've affirmed that they've done what they're supposed to do, and they did it in a good way, and they did it competently. I just used the C word so that we can then do all three C's. This is so important. that you. you and what's interesting is, and you've heard me talk about trust, trust comes when you trust somebody in their competence. Job well done. You gave them a job, or they had a job, or you saw them do a job. It may not even be in your department. You saw somebody else do a job, and they did it well, and you thanked them for it. Showed some appreciation. Number two is their character. Their character. Honesty. Good. Um, the ability to be helpful themselves. Some of the character issues that... Maybe you're trying to build in your company or you're trying to build on your team or you're trying to build personally because if you don't have this in your team, you can still do this personally. And as you value certain things and you see it in her or in him and you go to them and go, you know what, I really value honesty and I know you had an opportunity to kind of fudge this and you were honest, I just want to say thank you. Great job for doing that. And I know you took some heat for it, but thank you. Because you value it and you're showing. So you see, you're valuing, you're taking the values that you have written down, that you have, that you're working with, and you're saying thank you to someone else. So, and then trust builds. So you have competence, character, and I use the word calling. And I know that's a very difficult word. It's people and their vision, their giftedness. Have you ever said to someone you were made for this? Have you ever said this? You are made for this. I, when I see someone, when you, say, when you say, you were made for this, you're not talking about their competence, very competent. You're not talking about their character. They have a lot of character. You're just saying, you were made for this. You are just doing it. And I can stand out here and go to about 20 of you, Ingrid, you were made for what you do. I've been friends with Ingrid for 25 or 30 years. She is made for what she does. Rick Zimmer over there, who is an inspector of big buildings, I've seen him hang off 20-story buildings. I go, Rick, it's not that important. You were made for that, Rick. I look at Troy over here. He was made for what he does. He runs the Boca Chamber of Commerce like none others. He was made for this. Kevin Enders sitting right here, and Karen Granger. You guys were made for what you do to help children who have lost their homes. I mean, you're made for this. You guys are just taking it to another level. And I said this once. I'll, I'll just tell because I said it publicly. So Haley, who you see and helps us, Haley runs our children, our kids, all the th- things we do around. You know, We've got a lot of kids at this church. She runs it all. So last year, we asked her to give a speech, a little talk about some kids and a certain thing. Three minutes, three minutes. But it was in front of 1,000 people. Three minutes in front of 1,000 people. She, like, hit it out of the park. She's a, she works with kids. We had her in front of a 1,000 adults sharing. Afterwards, I said, you were made for this. Now, she now hosts a lot of our online things. She now is on a lot of our videos that we produce because we learn that she can do this. And she could host this right here. If Cameron were out today or John's not here, she could come up and do it because she was made for this. She can get in front of people and do it. And you go, you're made for this. And when you tell somebody that, you have affirmed their character and affirmed their competence in such a way that they go, yes. And it doesn't have to be what you're good at. Does that make sense? It doesn't have to be, oh, I like you because you do what I like. No, it's whatever they're good at. And I love affirming people who are good at what they do. I tell people in restaurants, I tell people at the gas station, I tell people at the car mart, I tell people everywhere. If they do a good job, I go, you are just incredible at what you do. You're not saying they're competent. Of course, you know, what? does that make sense? you got to be affirming of people because we've got enough people and there are enough voices in your life that are not affirming you. And those people out there have a lot of voices that are not affirming them. And if there are a few voices from Boca Lead that can affirm people, I think it's fantastic. So, you got your paper and pen or whatever you're going to do. This is what you got to do. You got to write down five names you're going to affirm this week. Can you do it? Write down five names of people that you are going to show some appreciation. You showed in the way you want. We gave you some examples. How do you show appreciation? You can do it for their competence, for their character, for their calling, show respect and value. And I think your place will be a better workplace if you start doing this. Now, how do I know how they like to receive appreciation? And I want to close with an example, and then we'll go into some Q&A. So I've been reading a great book, which um, afterwards, it's called The Best. If you like uh, professional sports and you want to know what makes an elite athlete in the world, there's a lot about cricket and a lot about soccer and a lot about uh, rugby in here, as well as tennis, golf, baseball, basketball, and American football. What makes it? So they gave an example in here of Andre Agassi. Remember Andre Agassi and Boris Becker? Remember those two? This goes back a generation. They were, Boris Becker had, the, at a certain point in time, the fastest serve, 140-some miles an hour. Now, you need to realize you can't move if a ball's coming at you 140 miles an hour. I used to hit 128. That was the fastest I ever did, and I was good back years ago. 140 is impossible. So you have to predict and guess, kind of like the the final shot, you know, at the end of a soccer game when they just you just got to guess where it's going and hope for the best. And if you guess right, you get it. If you guess wrong, you don't get it right. So Andre Agassi was the best return of serve tennis player at the time. So you got Boris Becker, the best server, Andre Agassi, and Boris Becker won every time. Four, three or four. Grand Slam matches in a row, Boris Becker won, Andre Agassi couldn't win. So Andre Agassi started watching the films, and they were films back then, probably CDs or DVDs, of Boris Becker, and realized, unbeknownst to anybody, that he would stick his tongue out while he was bouncing the ball in the direction that he would hit the ball. He never told anybody. He saw this, you know, a little tick, this, you know, you're bouncing the ball. He probably developed it when he was five years old and learning how to bounce the ball, and the ball would follow, you know. He learned never to bounce it the way he was going. But as a five-year-old, Boris Becker probably matched his tongue with the ball bouncing. Andre Agassi won 11 of the next 12 Grand Slams against Boris Becker he said he had to purposely miss certain serves to show everybody that he didn't know where it was coming because it was so fast he could only know where it was coming. Isn't that amazing? Because Boris Becker, unbeknownst to him, telegraphed where the serve was going. Andre Aggie said he could have returned. I think there was one match that he couldn't, but every other match he could have won every point that was served to him because he knew ahead of time where it was going. How do you know thanks? People telegraph it to you. They may not show you. They may not say, I want a gift, or I need a note, or I need some help with this, but they will telegraph it to you. People telegraph all the time how they want and need appreciation, but here's the thing, you got to look for it. No one in the world knew that Boris Becker ticked his tongue before every serve except the one guy who needed to know. That was Andre Agassi. And you and I need to know how people need appreciation and then show it to them in very simple ways. And the beautiful thing is none of this costs money. None of it costs money. It's 200, 300, 400 years old. But when you do it, it'll be a better place to work, to play, to raise a family, and to worship here in South Florida. Thank you.